Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Tuesday, August 16th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Abortions were almost entirely illegal in Midwestern states before Roe v. Wade. But there's a doctor that looms large in Missouri's history for performing illegal abortions in the early 1900s. She is still a very controversial figure around town. If you talk to anybody about it, it runs the gamut of horrible butcher to champion for reproductive rights. We'll have the story of Dr. Annie Smith in just a few minutes. St. Louis Public Schools will not have bus service to eight buildings when students return next week. District leaders say it's another symptom of the national bus driver shortage. The company that handles buses for the district says it has only been able to hire about half the drivers it anticipated. Students will have to find another way to get to school for at least the next few weeks. Families with a student who has perfect attendance are being offered a weekly $75 gas card from the district. Older students will also be eligible for a Metro card. St. Louis Public Schools Superintendent Kelvin Adams says all families should check bus information because most routes are changing. Federal emergency management officials are trying to make themselves more accessible to St. Louis area residents recovering from last month's floods. Part of that effort is yesterday's opening of a disaster recovery center. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports. A line started to form hours before the new center was set to open in Hazelwood. Many of the people waiting here have been in temporary housing since flooding forced them to leave their homes. Lawanda Felder is in line with her daughter, Aza, who is only about a month old. They're staying with Lawanda's mom after flood water filled their basement. It's hard because you're trying to figure out how you're going to clean your basement out. I had to throw away so many clothes, new stuff. It's basically like I'm starting over. Gifts that were given their baby showers and pampers and wipes that I was throwing in the basement. This disaster recovery center will be open only this week. After that, the Federal Emergency Management Agency will open similar ones in other affected locations. FEMA has already given out more than $7 million in recovery grants to people in the St. Louis area. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. The federal government has allocated nearly $30 million to help fix the water infrastructure in Cahokia Heights. That includes roughly $6 million to repair a sewer line. Senator Dick Durbin discussed the funding during a news conference yesterday. The Belleville News Democrat reports Durbin is also asking the Army Corps of Engineers to help determine the cause of repeated flooding in that part of the Metro East. Cahokia Heights Mayor Curtis McCall Sr. says repairs to the sewer line will take about five years to complete. He says it's taken more than 50 years to get to this point. Southern Illinois University's law school is expanding into the Metro East. Jennifer Fuller reports. Third-year law students who qualify for the new program will take classes in Belleville and intern with state's attorneys and public defenders in the region. Law school professor and experiential learning program director Shelley Page says that hands-on experience is critical. It's one thing to learn that case law and another thing to actually see the law in practice, see how it works on Tuesday at 3 o'clock. The expansion is a part of the new Southwestern Illinois Justice and Workforce Development Campus, located on the old Lindenwood University campus in Belleville. That partnership brings Southwestern Illinois College, SIU Carbondale, SIU Edwardsville, and the Illinois State Police together to provide specialized training for students who want to work in law enforcement. I'm Jennifer Fuller. 
The Missouri Senate Republican faction known as the Conservative Caucus is disbanding after four years. Members say their goal now is to seek unity through a single majority group instead of separate factions. The caucus frequently clashed with Republican leadership during the past legislative session, including on congressional redistricting. Members advocated for a 7-1 Republican majority map as opposed to the 6-2 map passed by the legislature. The caucus usually included seven of the 34-member state Senate. It was likely to pick up a couple more seats in November. Nearly all abortions are now illegal in Missouri, and many other Midwestern states are likely to follow. But it is not the first time states have banned the procedure. Mackenzie Martin has the story of Dr. Annie Smith, a figure who looms large in Missouri's history for performing illegal abortions in the early 1900s. Missouri has passed laws outlawing abortions in some form since 1825. But that didn't stop people from trying to terminate their pregnancies. Of course, most of the doctors who offered abortions did so in secret, so we don't know very much about them, with one major exception, Dr. Annie Smith. She is still a very controversial figure around town. That's Katie Ray at the Poplar Bluff Museum. If you talk to anybody about it, it runs the gamut of horrible butcher to champion for reproductive rights. Doc Annie, as she's called, graduated from osteopathic school in Kirksville in 1902. Shortly after, she and her husband opened up a hospital in Poplar Bluff, where she treated women and children for all kinds of health problems, tuberculosis, appendicitis, arthritis. Over her long career, Doc Annie also provided a number of illegal abortions. Twice, she was charged with felony manslaughter after her patients died. But mostly, Doc Annie was trying to save women from their own botched abortions. One of the cases that Doc Annie had, the woman had done something to herself, and she was trying to fix it. Doc Annie was exonerated of both manslaughter charges by the Missouri Supreme Court in 1934 because the procedure was performed in a life-or-death situation, and in 1939 because there wasn't enough evidence that proved she was the person who did it. But despite being cleared of wrongdoing, her reputation took a hit. She started building a house outside of town, but died before it was complete. And that's when rumors started to spread, that Doc Annie had been building an abortion clinic. According to KBIA's Show Me the State podcast, after her death, teenagers from all over town started exploring her abandoned home. Of course, the rest of the legend was that she kept these babies in jars and in formaldehyde and threw them down the pit. A lot of the rumors were that the well contained fetuses. And a group of us as teenagers would go out there and tell ghost stories. Most of these ghost stories were total fabrications. By and large, Doc Annie was just a doctor trying to help women however she could. It made for a more compelling story for people for years, like the baby killer go down into the the woods and and talk about how the the souls of babies and Doc Annie will come and get you. (laughs) This is Parker Smith, Doc Annie's great-grandson. He says she also facilitated a number of adoptions. Once, Doc Annie herself adopted a child from a patient. It was just interesting to see, like, just the different ways that she cared for patients. When the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade last month, Missouri only had one remaining abortion provider for the entire state. But after the trigger ban took effect, 
That service is now only an option in cases of a medical emergency to save the patient's life. But just like Doc Annie experienced nearly a century ago, those circumstances aren't always clear. A chief medical officer at Planned Parenthood told Congress this month that Missouri's law is putting patients' lives at risk. In order for doctors to avoid prison time, doctors must now contemplate how sick is sick enough before providing life-saving abortion care. Meanwhile, the subject remains a touchy one in Doc Annie's hometown of Poplar Bluff. She's been mostly erased from the public history there. That's something Katie Ray wants to see changed. History is history, and, and it is what it is, and we can't get rid of our history. So that's why I feel very strongly that she should be included in the museum. For Parker Smith, it's Doc Annie's dedication to her patients that inspires him today. You know, she was just trying to do her job and trying to save these women's lives. And right now, he's taking that lesson into a second year of medical school at Mizzou. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Mackenzie Martin. Historical documents related to Doc Annie are at stlpr.org. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Have a great day. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.